Welcome to this week's episode of the Thinking Big Podcast. Are you ready to reach your full potential in 2023? Look no further than my friend and mentor and our guest on the show today, Mr. Joseph McClendon III. And if you've ever been to a Tony Robbins event, you are already familiar with JM3, one of the most sought after ultimate performance specialists and certified neuroencoding specialists in the industry. With a PhD in neuropsychology, NLP master trainer, and over a dozen certifications in neuroscience, Joseph has worked with everyone from Academy Award-winning actors, Olympic athletes, Fortune 100 CEOs, and even royalty. He's also the founder of the Neuroencoding Institute, where he certifies others to become neuroencoding specialists. Tune in as we dive deeper into Joseph's methods and learn how to take our performance to the next level. Welcome to the Thinking Big Podcast with Sean Osborne, the show helping you think bigger into your life and potential. Sean believes by equipping you with the tools, strategies, and philosophies required to be successful in all aspects of your life, you can achieve anything you believe in. Empowering our own growth makes a deeply positive and lasting impact on our lives, community, and our world. Now, here's Sean. Well, Thinking Big, let's welcome the one, the only, Joseph McClendon III, JM3, how are you doing today? I could not be better. Thank you for having me on the show. I know you're going to have so much gold to give uh, to give the listeners. Now, one thing, how come every time I see you, I want to stand up and I want to shake my butt? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> this is probably going to sound very weird to you. No, I know, but you would be amazed at how many times I get that. And the answer is, is because when you... Uh, saw me at the event called the UPW, wherever that was, whether it was live or whether it was uh, uh, virtual, I conditioned you, if you will. I anchored you to that, uh, that putting your books down and standing up. And it is, I, I encoded you, for lack of a better term. And um, so I'm triggering that in you every time you see me. And that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here just shaking my hand, you know. <laughs> So one of the things that, you know, I obviously follow you on, on social media and do uh, various things with you, but one of the things that you, that you've done for a long time is you've been a musician, you've been, yes. you know, on bass. Was that your first passion? It really was. It was my, uh, my mother got, I was, I was, I really loved music um, since I was as far back as I can remember. My mother was a, uh, a classically trained Juilliard opera singer. And so she instilled that in all of our, her children. And at age 12, she bought a piano. She got us a piano. And uh, I was the one who took to it. And I still have that piano today. Um, and I, I started on, on piano. And my sisters, uh, my father always says he's tone deaf. He's, he's, he loves music, but he, he was tone deaf. So he wasn't really a musician. That's and um, uh, so I've, I've just always loved music. I think there's something within music or something, at least for me, it's bass and like a drum beat. I don't know what it is, but that completely puts me in almost like a trance. It's just that, that low frequency or that vibration. Just, I don't know what it is, but man, it's just. Oh, now you're talking my language. That just that moves is, me. Bass, bass is my uh, favorite instrument. I play a few instruments. It's my favorite instrument. And in my definition, Sean, the reason why is because bass is felt. The vibrations of bass are low. As a matter of fact, when you sit on like a, a speaker, what you feel is the bass. 
and it vibrates you. And all of life itself is about vibrations, the frequency of vibrations. And uh, you, what you said is the bass drum, with the kick drum is what we call it, or the bass guitar, or nowadays synthesized bass. That We feel that in our heart. We feel it in our soul. And it is, as, as a bassist, uh, and again, it is my favorite instrument, if the bass hits a wrong note, it sounds like the whole rest of the song hit the wrong note, not the bass, because the bass is where the song is going. There's just something about the the feeling. It's like those old, uh, where the drum circles and stuff is just like, yeah, man, it just, yeah. just mm-hmm. put you, put you in a trance. Yeah. And one of the, so one of the ways that I, you know, I, I think I initially saw you at probably one of the UPWs mm-hmm. and started following you because of your neuropsychology, your, your neuro all the work that you're doing on the mind. Mm-hmm. And for the last, I would say last 15 years, I have been completely obsessed with anything neuro, anything about the mind mm-hmm. because of where I've came from. And it's like, I didn't know, you know, I went from basically the streets to starting a, you know, multi-million dollar, you know, tech company and still feeling like that stupid dropout kid. I'm like, okay, there's something here. I've, everything points that I've been successful. But there's mm-hmm. something in my mind. There's something that says, no, you're still not there. You're still that, you know, you're still that dropout. You're still that kid. So I've literally spent the last, you know, 15 years trying to dig in and, I don't know, reverse engineer or whatever it is to find out what the hell I did and what the power of this damn thing in my noggin. Well, you mean you're human. Everybody <laughs> goes through that on some level. Now, you're saying it, you're asking, you know, why? Uh, why do I not feel complete? You know, what's wrong with me? And everybody goes through that. We call it imposter syndrome. It doesn't matter how successful you are. If you don't feel like it, if you don't feel that you are, you feel like there's got to be something else. There's got to be something else. That's called being human. We are designed. Our brain is designed to keep on searching. When we're born, we only have one fear. We have two needs and one fear. The two needs are the need to grow and learn because we know that we are going to we need to be self-sufficient at some point so we've got to grow we've got to experience this world by learning and that's why babies put things in their mouths and they're crawling and they're curious and everything the other need is the obvious one the need to avoid pain physical pain because that could result in death but the only fear that we have is the fear of being left alone because we also know our creators gave us that need to keep people around us because we know that we need other human beings for our physical and emotional needs. Human beings are the are the only animal on the planet that, or shall I say, the animal that stays and needs the, the help and assistance of its parents longer than any other animal on the planet. I think it's second only to the elephant. And it's only like three or four years. Human beings they, we can't take care of ourselves. Some some people can't take care of themselves until they're in their 30s you know, and 40s. But we need people around. So we are given this need, we're given this fear that if people are rejecting us, if people are away from us, uh, then it, it's the fear of death. And that's why people, babies cry out. That is why people flirt. People are so concerned about what other people think about them, Sean. And so we go through our lives and the person, and first off, we do start to make that separation that way. Hey, I can take care of myself at some point in our lives, but that still core feeling stays inside of us. And then guess who we worry about rejecting? 
ourselves. We reject ourselves. What you're saying to yourself, what you're saying here is you're asking, why am I not enough? I've done all of this stuff. I'm success. You said it. I'm successful by all of these other measures, but what's wrong? Why am I getting this feeling? That's you rejecting you. And until a person recognizes that, wait a minute, I'm the one that's judging me. And wait a minute, I'm a badass and starts to give themselves that those accolades and that appreciation and that praise, then that is going to be a badgering, haunting feeling with them as they grow older. I think people would be uh, shocked at the soundtracks we play to, <laughs> to ourselves. Yeah, oh, oh, goodness, goodness. It is amazing. I think they'd be shocked. I think they'd be going, yeah, I do a little bit of that myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what what drove you or what on a lit the spark for you to get into you know, the mind work that you, I mean, you've been doing this for so long and you're, you know, the best, the best of the best. What got you into Thank this? You. Thank you. It was, uh, the, I want to say the bottom of my life, Sean, when I was 17 years old, three grown men tried to take my life because of the color of my skin. And I always say it wasn't the physical abuse. That was the worst part. I mean, that was horrible. They left me for dead, but it was the things they said to me while they did it. And they were grown men. And I was just, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm a small man, I'm five, nine, but, um, then I was scrawny <laughs> and, uh, for them to do that to me, it made me feel like there's something wrong with me because that's where I was raised. You listen to adults and adults know better. And, um, that destroyed me, that destroyed my self-esteem that destroyed my self-worth. And I wound up becoming homeless. I, I, I lived in a cardboard box in, by an old drive-in theater. And what changed my life, Sean, to answer your question, was, was uh, somebody that I didn't know gave me the book called Think and Grow Rich. And I read the book. And I always tell people, I did the exercises. Now, I was desperate. You know, I didn't know what to do. And I did the exercises. And I grew from there. And I realized, at, at the very least, I realized that, wait a minute, I can control how I think. And, the, and what I was thinking, what was making, you know, even the voices of those guys in my head and the, and the voices of myself and those things that were over and over, that was what was making me uh, feel worthless. And so I, what, what I did and what, what drove me to pursue what I ultimately love is when I went back to the gentleman that gave me the book, I said, you know, this has changed my life. Thank you. And what do I do for you? What can I do for you? because that's the way I was raised. Uh, and what he said to me was, he goes, Joseph, what you do for me, how you repay me is you do the same that I've done for you in whatever way that you can for as many people as you possibly can for the rest of your life. <laughs> and I remember when I heard, I was 19 by that time. And when I heard that, I thought, you know, I don't know what that means, but I started on the journey because it st I started to become successful, if you will. I became, you know, I got a little bit of success and and I started to realize, well, wait a minute, that's because I'm thinking differently. And so first I applied everything to myself and then I started to uh, learn more about other people and that's what put me on my journey. And that is why I get to do what I do right now. That is amazing. And I love how you brought up uh, Think and Grow Rich. There's a lot of different thoughts on that, you know, on that mm -hmm. book. And as a matter of fact, I just last week finished a uh, Think and Grow Rich challenge for about 1,500 people oh, nice. Nice. that we were able to raise money for Feeding America. Got that from oh, Tony. Sean, that's spectacular. And just it's paying it forward. And here's the thing, what I, what I find with Think and Grow Rich is most people will look at that book and they think it's about money. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I and it's say not. It's not. It, rich is, you know, you and I, you know, from neuroencoding, we call it being wealthy, healthy, happy, and financially abundant. You know, yes, it does include money. However, the, the, the richness in life comes from your relationships and your own happiness. Yeah, absolutely. And thinking of Think and Grow Rich, so this was back in a time before a lot of the neuro, you know, philosophies that, that you work with now before they were really known. Mm-hmm. Do you, and again, maybe it's, I'm just a late bloomer into this, but do you think that science is now catching up to things that we've already known that I think in the past were woo-woo? I think it's aware. Is it catching up? I think science has caught oh, has caught up. Matter of fact, science maybe may even have surpassed it. But mainstream, mainstream is the one that's not caught up because we are not told. Listen, if if the things that you and I know now were taught in school, think of how much different it would be. Think about think about like right now. You know, I have a 16 year old son, and I asked him the other day. I go this is not the other day. It's been a few months ago. I said, you know, what is something that you, you, when you get older, if there was an industry that you wanted to be in that you knew was going to thrive and there was always going to be customers, he goes, stop right there, dad. And I go, why? And he goes, what you're doing right now. And I go, why? And, you know, psychology. And he says, because my generation is lost because my generation does not, we're so depressed. We're, we've been fed so much crap that we we feel worthless. We don't know what we're going to do. And there's going to be a need for people to help us think properly. I remember thinking, whose kid is this? <laughs> you know, that was such a great answer to come out, but it's really the truth. So, so to answer your question, I think science, I mean, there's so many great things, whether it's, whether it's epigenetics or neuroplasticity or any of those, those leading cutting edge things that are out there. There's so much that we don't know. I mean, that we do know, but it is not being fed to the mainstream. As a matter of fact, it's being withheld from the mainstream in certain ways. And that's, I think that's so important, especially for our young, you know, how can we, and again, that's part of why I do, you know, some of the, you know, the free challenges and the workshops I do is to try paying up for it and trying to, people don't, for me, it's like, they don't know what they don't know. Yeah. And if, they, and if they're not exposed to it, you never understand, you never get, uh, you know, you never get that. No doubt. Not only do you not know what you don't know, you know what you are told to know and what's put been put in front of you. And unfortunately, what's being put in front of us and has been put in front of us for all too long does not necessarily have our best interest at heart. Nope. We are all programmed <laughs> by our surroundings yep. and our family no and, uh, growing up. Now, you've spent, you know, after you went into neuropsychology, you went into... I would assume practicing and you were helping people literally get over, you know, fears and their phobias and, and things that were holding them back. What types yes. of things did you, from a, from that standpoint, what types of things do you, were you able to work with? Well, you know, my, my practice was in Los Angeles. So every freak you could possibly imagine came out of the woodworks. <laughs> and in that practice, that was generally, like you said, fears, phobias, emotional challenges, things that hindered people's lives. And the people that came into my life and those uh, under those uh, under that umbrella were people who just wanted to to feel better, who were afraid, who were afraid of dogs, afraid of heights, afraid of the opposite sex, you know, or or they were abused when they were younger and they just wanted to feel better. And so that was more on a personal level. And uh, and I realized, and I still love that. And those are, as you know, some of the fundamentals uh, and and the uh, the backbone of what we call neuro encoding. Um, and so I would help those people get better. And then 
I, I wanted to broaden myself because remember, my mentor said as many people as you possibly can. So I started doing seminars and large seminars and connected with, as you know, my dear friend and business partner, Tony Robbins. And, you know, to, to date, it's, you know, I've, I've been able to impact well over 5 million people, uh, even from live stages and things like that. And what I also started to realize is that an undercurrent of all of those things, because as I said before, and as you know, Sean, we say, you know, everybody wants to be wealthy. And for us, wealthy means to be healthy, happy, and financially abundant. And that financially abundant piece of it is the thing that most people hang their hat on, that that's how they grade themselves with regard to how successful they are. Most people say they, they could care less about their health. As long as there is a, they got a nice car, you know, or they or they got a nice bank account and so on and so forth. And of course, I, I hear a lot of people say it's not about the money. It's not about the money. You know, forget about that. Well, tell that to somebody that's broke. You yeah. know, they're going, you know, <laughs> I want the money. So we shifted. Uh, a bit, and we incorporated all of that. The Neuroencoding Institute is all about how, that, helping people accomplish all three of those, even and especially the financial side. Because as you were saying before, you know, you became quite successful at age 30. You know, most people, have, you know, from, as you said, by most people's standards, you look at it from a financial standpoint, uh, most people don't ever get to that level they just don't you know a million dollars is way way out of reach for a lot of people but you and i know yes it is in reach and it has to do with how we think and so from a business side from a business standpoint meaning a financial standpoint from a happiness standpoint meaning your relationships and how you feel about yourself and 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 all of those things and from a health standpoint all of those things have to work in concert with each other in order for us to have a fulfilled life and that's what we do is and it all starts with how we think our psychology about ourselves so if we can shift that then we can shift everything and you know you talked about the you know your institute that you started which is fantastic by the way thank you and you know part of what you say and part of how you present it is you help people go further faster you yes. help them get the shortcut you help them hack mind i mean to me i look at it as a hack to get to where i want to go quicker than, than if, I, if i didn't have a hack like, mm -hmm. and and one of the reasons that i came to I, so going back I always look to someone who's already been there and always done that. Smart. If I want to, if I want to get to the other side of that frozen lake, I'm going to look at someone. I'm going to look at the footsteps of someone who crossed that lake, yes. <laughs> didn't fall through, and I'm not going to yeah, yeah, <laughs> successfully yeah. and didn't yeah. fall through. You know, so I'm going to follow them. And one of the things that one of the reasons that I initially went into your neuroencoding was uh, your method of presentation. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, you've been on stage with Tony Robbins. You've done all these millions of things. And you crossed that lake pretty successfully. <laughs> you think? <laughs> I mean, you, you've done that successfully. I'm like, I, I think I want to follow and do exactly what Joseph did because. So I, I absolutely love that method of, of presentation. Let me ask you this: Do you think that? Because I had an extreme fear of getting on stage. I mean, petrified to where I couldn't move, I couldn't breathe. Do you think your early induction into music? and stage helped you on in your stage presence it, it did however in other words i had a little bit of uh, of uh time under my belt however i was so i had such fear of i had stage fright so bad as a musician 
I literally, this is this is TMI, would have to go in the bathroom and throw up before I went on stage. And I remember, Sean, asking myself, why do I do this to myself? Why don't I just sit home and play music on my own? Why do I do this to myself? And so it wasn't, until, and I went through that almost my entire music career. If you saw me on stage, you'd say, oh, that guy, you know, he doesn't have stage fright at all. But inside I was petrified. And when it was over, I would beat myself up like crazy. But it wasn't until I started to understand how to interrupt that pattern, how to change that, uh, then I really get, and that's part of what you know in, in the presentation modules, uh, how to arrest that and not just put it, but not just mitigate it, but put it behind you and make it something that drives you so that your comfort level on stage is the same as your comfort level talking to anybody else that you love or you know, as well as you project that out to your audience and cause them. I mean, you open this up by saying, why do I, why do you feel like shaking your ass? Well, that is because that's a programming. That is, that is something that I do from the stage and that programs people to at the risk of sounding arrogant, like me, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, so they not just have a pleasant experience, but so that they're impacted. And I say, you know, when I do this and I did this, I've done this in business, I've done this in everything that I do is that to cause people to not just be, not to just favorably move in your direction, not to persuade people or, or coerce people, but to cause them to open up and get what they want not what you want. So they come to you, you know, people, people will pay money to go to a seminar, not just to go see you, not just to go see some artist somewhere. They go because they want to feel good because they want the entertainment, because they want the knowledge, because they want to walk away feeling like, uh, you know, I'm going to do something from here. And literally before I go on stage, I say to myself, you know, I, Joseph McClendon III, now command my unconscious mind to give me the power, the wit, the strength, the recall, the love, the tenacity, the the levity, everything that I need to give these people 10,000 times more than they came for so that they walk away with here from here, not just with knowledge and information and having been entertained, but they walk away with, for, with something that is going to cause them to take and continue to take action. And when I say that to myself, you know that is auto auto suggestion. I've said that to myself so many times that that's who I am on stage. And as you know, you know that's what we teach people to do is to have that. Whether you're talking to the camera or ten thousand people, whether you're a salesperson, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a parent, to have that level of certainty, to have that level of energy and electricity, so people feel it not only when you're there, but your legacy as well. And legacy doesn't mean when you're dead. It means <laughs> when you're not there, you know, so when right. people, they don't just think about you, but they feel it in themselves. I'm really glad to hear you say that you still do that because people would look from the outside and say, why, Joseph, why would you do that every time you're already, you know, at the top of the, you know, top of the game, best of the best. Why would you still do that? And And I think that is so important. It's important. Yeah, it is. It's all, you know, people, I, I hear people say this all the time at the risk of sounding arrogant. People say, you're so natural on stage. You're, you know, you, you seem like you're just at home on stage. And you know this, it's mechanical. Everywhere I stand, everything I say, everything that I do is mechanical. Yes, I've done it enough times that, that I, uh, you know, it start, it, it's more natural to me. But those mechanical things, like what I just said before I go on stage, not sometimes, not most of the time, every time, even and including this interview right now. Guess what I did before I did this? I said it to myself here. And I put myself in that state because it, it, to me, I owe that to whomever is listening. I owe that to the person that gave me that book back there. And I also know that uh, by doing that and by giving that, then 
at the very least, not that they have to be like me or speak from the stage, but at the very least, they will pay it forward. You know, my saying is, you, you've heard me say it a thousand times, that those of us that dare to dream while the rest of the world is having a nightmare, we're not only going to create the abundance and wealthiness that we want for ourselves, but we're going to be shining examples for others just by our existence, just by what we've done. So other people can look and go, well, they did it. I can do it as well. And they'll feel good as well. So that's probably one of the biggest things I got out of a uh one of the biggest things uh, is the you know the stuff that you teach on the on the methods of presentation and and how you take people through you, know, you said you go from here to here you do these steps you know how to command yeah. so one of, one of my old mentors used to tell me the person at the front with the marker is the one that has the influence yeah meaning no doubt yeah <laughs> that's the one making the money is the one exactly. at, the, at the front talking so learning how to be effective and learning how to do it correctly in order to have that influence of people is just, especially for entrepreneurs, you know, a lot of the people that are no on with us right now are entrepreneurs. And it's like, this is, if there's one skill that we need as an entrepreneur, it's the ability to, to talk and speak. No doubt. Present. Stage, whatever. Yeah. You know, from, from, uh, I've had a couple secret weapons throughout my life. And one of them is that the, the ability to present. Now that one quite honestly came later. Uh, but all the way back to Think and Grow Rich, I I have had, well, now five big careers, for lack of a better term. Um, the first one was in real estate. And um, I was one of the early students of a guy named Robert Allen. And this was back in the early 80s. He wrote a book called Nothing Down. And it was one of, he was one of these guys, one of the first guys that talked about flipping houses. I went to his seminar, Sean. It was a two or three day seminar. There were 300 people in the audience, 300 other students. And out of all those 300 people, um, I was the only, and, and by the way, his formula was, he said, if you buy two houses a year for 10 years, at the end of 10 years, you'll have you know these houses and you, you keep some of them, you rent them out and you'll have residual income. Now I wanted to be a musician, so I wanted to quit my job as a dental technician and that's why I did this because I wanted to have residual income. But I approached him and I said, look, I have 10 years. What if I buy 10 houses a year for two years? And he laughed and brought attention to me. He goes, hey class, listen, listen what this guy asked. And he said, of course you can, but you really got to work. And I thought, okay, I'm doing it. So and I'll tell you what my secret weapon is here in a second. But um, I went after it. And in a year and a half's time, I bought 26 houses. And I still benefit from those houses now. And that was my very first success, if you will. And then from there, I wanted, as you know, I wanted to be a musician. And I quit my job and I went after being a musician. And by the way, out of those 300 people, I was the only one. Um, and then I went after being a musician and it took me a couple years, but I got a recording deal with CBS records and this was back in 1990. And, um, I say that because out of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people and bands and people that want to get a recording contract, I got the contract and it wasn't cause I was such a great musician, by the way, um, and then the third career that I wanted to do was I wanted to create, because when that went away, they gave us a bunch of money for that. And I wanted to have residual income. And I was in a position in my life, I didn't know what to do. And uh, and so I wanted to uh, write a book. 
And that is when I uh, teamed up with my my partner, uh, uh, Tony Robbins, and my very first book was a New York Times bestseller. Now think of the thousands, if not millions, of people who write books, and I was I was up up there at that top. Next thing I wanted to do was I wanted to create residual income, and I uh, I joined a network marketing company, and within two years, I rose to the top of their their plateau, if you will. I was the first African American in that particular company, and I got a six figure income. And I still, I, I retired from that 15 years ago, Sean, and I still get that now. And then last, maybe not lastly, but this that I do right now, I wanted to be a speaker. I wanted to be a presenter. I wanted to create all that I have right now. And I am at the risk of sounding arrogant. I know that I say, I say that a lot. Uh, I am in the upper three to 5% of everybody in my industry. Now I say all of that, not because I'm so great, but for two different, two reasons. Number one, is that I have a system. And in number two, the part of that system I learned at with Think and Grow Rich. That's where it started. Yeah. He used he, you know, he a matter of fact, and this is not the laws of attraction that I'm about to say. The laws of attraction are one of the 21 immutable laws of what I call magnetism. And I I change things around. You know me. I, I, you said, you know, science has caught up. Well, I, I believe I'm a scientist because I take what's already there and try to make it better, try to find those shortcuts. And so I have something that I call the 60, 20, 20 rule of further faster. <laughs> and that is if you want what you want sooner rather than later, here's the rules. Number one, it's 60% psychology, your mind, what you think specifically, what you think about yourself what you think about other people and what you think about the world around you. If you shift those things to, to things, and like you said, Sean, model people that have already gone there, been there, done that, and you shift it to the way that they think and you develop a new identity about yourself and develop a new uh, uh, opinion about other people and, and about your environment around, then everything changes. That's 60% of your ability to go forward. The next 20% is energy. And I'm not just talking about get up and go energy. I'm talking about the literal electrical current that flows through your body. It ebbs and flows by your emotion, by your thoughts, if you will. Learn to adjust your thoughts, you adjust your energy. And the third thing, and by the way, each one plays into each one. The third one, if you have more energy, you become more magnetic. And a magnet is not, uh, I'm not saying the laws of attraction, because the laws of attraction say that I'm attracting that towards me. And you can do that all day long. People can want stuff all day long. But you said it in the very beginning, Sean. We have this imposter syndrome, this stuff that's going on. They're going, I'm not worthy. What's wrong with me? Blah, blah, blah. And that's like flipping the magnet over and it'll push it away. That's why so many people sabotage. And so what I learned was the process of those three things, how to change my mind, how to change my energy, and how to change my magnetism. And every time, whether it was real estate, whether it was writing a book, whether it was network marketing, whatever it is, including neuroencoding, when I approach it, I approach it with that formula. And that's what I teach because I don't want it for myself. I want, I, you know, unless you've been living under a rock, you know, the world is having, a, you know, desperate times, if you will. And the way the world is going to change is not going to be TikTok or or uh, uh, Instagram or social media. It's going to be people like yourself that are doing things like we're even doing right now, that are reaching out to people and saying, hey, there is another way. Take a look at this. Follow in the footsteps 
of people that have gone there, been there, done that, people that are wealthy, healthy, happy, and financially abundant. And let me show you the way. Do you ever, do you remember those commercials back in, I don't know, maybe the 80, I'm dating myself back in the 80s, 90s, BASF. We don't make the things that you have. We make, we just make them better. Yes. Yes, of course. Yes. You're, you're like the BASF of thinking. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I don't give you your thoughts. I just make them faster and better. <laughs> Thank you. And so one of the things where I was going to get into some of the stuff that you, you've recently done, because I think it's uh, very important, but I want to ask if you, you're good, you're very good, but I don't know if you could help me with this one problem I have. I mean, I know you're good, but I, I just don't know if you're this good. <laughs> well, I'm going to put you on this one. So yeah, you, bring it you, up. Bring you it on. You don't scare me. <laughs> <laughs> you might have seen it even during this during this interview. My wife constantly tells me that I have the male version of a resting bitch face. <laughs> All the. <laughs> How do I get rid? <laughs> oh, I don't know if it's if I'm, if I'm in deep thought hilarious. or what it is, but always. Yeah, this is it's something. The answer to your question is something that I call. Well, first of all, no, I can't help you. You're stuck with that. That's you know. You know. And actually, I I'm experiencing just the other, the opposite of that because I know most of us are are or everybody's listening to this and not seeing it. Uh, the smile and the expression on your face. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to. Although she's with you more than I am, obviously, I've not experienced that here. And here's what I will say because you're not the first person that's asked me that. Um, that RBF <laughs> that you're talking there about there. Is, uh, is a habit, if you will. And it is a default, it's where we go. Now, there's something I call human physics and human physics is this. Physics first off is just, is just the study of the cause and effect of movement. That's the, you know, the, the over simpl overly simplistic definition of it. Anything that moves is gonna create an effect. And so human physics to me is anything that a human does over and over again and repeats, they're going to get better at the good and the bad. So if you have RBF, you've just practiced it a lot and that's where your default is. So you got to practice smiling. You got to practice smiling and you've got to interrupt that pattern unconsciously, meaning you've got to, you've got to not catch yourself doing it. You've got to make yourself do it and you've got to remind yourself to do it, meaning to smile. And we all have cell phones. All of us. As a matter of fact, I think it's a felony to not own one anymore. And on it, there is a feature. All cell phones have an alarm feature. Mine is Siri. I'll tell Siri, Siri, remind me to smile in an hour. And in an hour, that, that'll go off and I'll just smile. And I'll go, oh, and I'll catch myself and I'll do it. What happens is because you do it enough times, and remember, you know me, you got to praise yourself. Hey, I did it again. It will become something that you'll catch yourself being rbf and you'll go oh, wait a minute i'll smile and pretty soon that'll change it is i i made it i put this on uh, instagram yesterday uh and that is that um matter of fact i think i pre-framed it by saying up front what i'm about to say is going to fly in the face and maybe piss off some of my contemporaries people that talk about motivation and and empowerment and and inspiration and that is this nothing happens without process Nothing changes without process. And the process of doing even what I just said right there uh, and the steps of doing that right there, that's going to create the change. That's going to make the change. And anything, you know, whether it's RBF <laughs> or anything you want to do, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to the work, the, the practice, the rehearsal, and the praise. So you're telling me I should have just went ahead and followed the four pillars of yes. coaching within neuroencoding. <laughs> it's 
<laughs> yeah. You mean that stuff works? <laughs> you mean I have to drink the Kool-Aid myself? Come yeah, on. You got to, you got to drink it yourself unless you, if you, if you want to impact other people, you got to do it yourself. You, you heard me say, position, heal thyself. <laughs> Oh man. So I want everyone listening right now. I want to, I want you to raise your hand if you've already broken your new year's resolution. My friend Deepak Chopra says that 85% of the new year's uh, resolutions that people make are the same ones that they made last year, 85%. <laughs> and that's of the people that actually even make them. Oh, that's so bad. Yeah. But it's, it's very true, by the way. And it's yeah, uh, no doubt. It, now one of the things that you just uh, you just put out and everyone listening has a chance to go in and, and watch this. Uh, Joseph is inviting us to his New Year's. Uh, you call it evolution training. And I think that's yeah. I went through that and it with with no other than Les Brown. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Les is my dear friend, and he is actually uh, uh, our newest advisor at the newest, uh, our newest faculty member at the Neuroencoding Institute. Yes, I cannot wait to get into some of his stuff, uh, some of his training on on that, because... Yeah, oh, he's the best. He's the, he, is, he is the uh, reason why I get to do what I do now. I saw him back in 88, and I thought, that's what I want to do. And and he's he's affected more people, I think, than, than almost anybody and talking about someone who just appears to be like nonchalant or this comes so easy to me speaking and stuff. It's like, man, if I could ever inspire to speak like. Yeah. Well, now, you know, <laughs> now he's there. That's why he's he's uh, part of our institute now is because, again, we want to pay it forward. We want more people to have that. Whether you're in sales, whether you're a parent, whatever you do, that is such a critical, critical piece. So what do you what do you see in the next two years with the Neuroencoding Institute and, and everyone listening right now, we're going to put links to, you know, both this event that, uh, that Joseph and, and Les Brown put on neuroencoding.com. I think, yeah, right. You can go there and, and there are two pieces of that. And first off, thank you for this, for that question. Um, first free of charge, no strings attached. Uh, my gift to your audience is this, it's something that I call the new year's evolution. And New Year's resolutions don't work. And this is a, I'm going to give you a free workbook and audio. And all you got to do, as you know, Sean, is follow the instructions. That is, that's it. People say success leaves clues. Yeah, they do. But you got to look for clues. I say success leaves footprints and they're right there in front of you. I give you the footprints, follow the footprints and and you're going to get the results periods to turn your new year's resolutions into uh new year's or evolve the process so that this time next year you're going hey i did that and that is my gift to you and so uh, i believe you'll have a link there for that uh in the in the uh, description where you can go and get that as well as you're invited to uh, we recorded it on january i'm sorry on the on the 29th of december uh myself and les brown uh the presentation of that as well and so you can get that replay go watch that as well my dear friend les just knocks it out of the park he's just ridiculous he's just an amazing <laughs> man and so you can get that there'll be a link there for the new year's evolution it's our gift to you uh and then uh secondly you'll get the replay of the live of that and then thirdly um I uh, and and I think there'll be a link there to to take you there as well. I'm I'm sure there will be uh, to join us and and learn about something called the Neuroencoding Institute. Whereas so many people now are looking for, I'm going to call them side hustles. Okay, <clears throat> so many people and rightfully so. Yeah. Because uh, the the prospect of 
being an employer for the rest or employee for the rest of your life is becoming less and less appealing to people. And you and I know, you know, starting your own business and having some sort of business where you get to determine your own hours, your own pay and all those things uh, is critical. And one of the things that people ask me all the time, Sean, it is probably the number one question that I get asked by people uh, on the streets. And when I leave seminars, Joseph, how do I do what you do? And so what I've done, what our team has done is taken everything that I use and I've got, you know, a, a formal education. I've got uh, dozens and dozens of certifications in hypnotherapy and, and gestalt therapy and you name it. Uh, but I don't use all that stuff at the level that I'm at right now. I have cherry picked everything that I use that is effective, as you know, and put it into a course called the Neuro Encoding Institute to certify people to do that. And it's just like yourself. We are uh, we are out there as coaches, life coaches, mentors and teachers. And let me tell you, you know this, that it is an unbelievably lucrative field and an unbelievable, like my son said, it is something that is not only going to be necessary, not, not, not only necessary now, but going to be necessary and highly sought after. Matter of fact, Forbes magazine three years ago said that this industry that I'm in, the, the uh, self-help, the personal development industry, will become a billion dollar a day industry. That means $360 billion every year. And it's past that. He said in three, he said, they said that within five years, what's three years, and that's where it is right now. And so we train people to be coaches, mentors, and teachers. And there's no, in, in my in my opinion, we're all on this planet because we're here to help each other. If you have children, you're here, you know what it's like to teach your, you, you feel so proud when you're, you teach your child something, you look back, you tell them to walk, to talk, to read, to write, all of those things. Well, we need to do that for other people as well. And the world is needs leaders. And so the Neuroencoding Institute, there's a link there. You can go learn about it. We have people you know, that you can talk to to learn about it. And I humbly invite any and everybody not just to learn about it. And, and whether you want to be a life coach or a mentor or a teacher and make that your business, that's great. Or if you want to just grow for yourself then that's there there as first because we always say position heal thyself as well and so all of those things are available and that is my passion right now i love what i do and as you know sean you know we have we've impacted the lives of hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people going forward and i want to turn that to millions and millions as we go on yeah and i think one of the nicest things about the stuff that you have in neuroencoding People can use it just for themselves. They can yes. use it to teach. And here's the thing. I don't care if you are an executive, you coach people. I don't care yes. if you're in network marketing, you have your downline, you coach people. I don't care what you do. This stuff, the, the stuff that you teach and the processes and the systems that you teach can help in virtually any field that someone's in. It's not just for speaking. I mean, it's- yes, it, it enhances everything. Thank you so much, Joseph for taking the time to to be on the show with me today i mean this is this is like uh unbelievable that uh, that you're on so i, I thank well, you so thank much you. man it is my absolute pleasure and thank you for your trust and your trust with your audience and um i appreciate you and i applaud you for what you're doing because if he didn't tell you folks he's a neuro encoder himself <laughs> so he's out there making a difference as well so yes, i appreciate I you and what you're doing for people so again, thanks so much for taking the time. The audience is going to absolutely love you. Uh, they, they will eat this up and, and 
you, you're so gracious and, and so kind for, for coming on here. So I, I'm so grateful for that. It is my pleasure, my friend. <laughs>